our life. Welcome back to Wandering into Wellness, episode 9. And we are here in the beautiful gardens of Avoca Kermakadic. Yay! And we're underneath the most beautiful tree of all time, I think. Getting mostly mm. protected by us. Mostly protected by from us. the lovely Irish spring weather. Oh, the odd uh, Oh, there we go. There's a few drips coming down, but that feels very Irish. So <laughs> we're in location anyway. Yeah, and um, today we are so lucky to be joined by Moira, who is a universal healing bow instructor. In fact, she's the first one in Ireland, and she trained directly with in Thailand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that training and? Yeah, sure. Um, so I went um, to train with Master um, Mantachia in over in Thailand. Um, it was like a one-month instructor training, but before that, you had to kind of have done a certain amount of prerequisites and a lot of training before that. So. Um, but yeah, it was really amazing to study directly with him. Um, Is that your first time meeting him? Uh, no, I had met him previously before okay. that. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, but with the training then, like he spends a lot of time with the instructors. Yeah. Um, and actually at the moment there's, um, I think he's like, there's over uh, a thousand instructors in the world. Yeah. yeah. So, and he's trained like tens of thousands of students. So he's, he's kind of like the person who's really brought the Taoist practices to the West. Wow. And, um, like years ago when he trained with his master um, he was kind of given instruction to go and bring it to the West before that it was like really kind of closely guarded secrets um, in Asia and then so he actually then moved to Chinatown in New York and he set up there in the 70s and he was living in the US for like I think about 30 years and then went back to Thailand um, and set up the Dao Garden there so it's Mm. really a it's a really interesting story from him as well you know because he has this you know, his, his parents are Chinese, yeah. um, but he was born in Thailand. Actually, he was born into a kind of a Christian tradition. Oh, wow. And then kind of ha- led this kind of Western lifestyle over in the U.S. He's also kind of studied uh, Western medicine. So how he teaches is really um, applicable to kind of Westerners as well. Yeah. And then... You get him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think more importantly, he kind of gets us okay, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. In terms of um, how, how, how he presents information. Yeah. So, um, and I think one thing I really like about the Taoist practice is that it's very, um, it's quite scientific as well, yeah. you know, and I have, um, like I come from a health science background, so I have a degree, oh, nice. in, a degree in occupational therapy, so um, I have this kind of quite science uh, yeah. mind as well. Um, and that really satisfies that part of me, you know, sure. as well as the more intuitive kind yeah. of esoteric side. Um, and so how yeah. did you how did you end up coming to Tao? How did you when did you first hear about it? How did it become something that you felt like okay, this is a path that I want to delve deeper into? Yeah, so I guess um, I kind of I kind of just started exploring different spiritual traditions. Um, you know, like when I was in my 20s, and I'd been kind of traveling around the world, and I'd gone to a few different. Um, you know, countries and tried, you know, stayed in ashrams in India. I met the Dalai Lama in, um, in northern, oh, northern oh, India. Gosh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, hardcore, like, uh, Catholic upbringing part as well? Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I, yes. <laughs> had the hardcore uh, Catholic upbringing. <laughs> and, um, yeah, kind of just tried out a few different things. Amazing. Um, which were all really, really interesting to me as well. But, um, I just any I kind of found when I was traveling um, I often would come across people who were doing the Taoist practice or I might come across a Taoist book 
Um, I suppose the most famous one is the Dai Dei Jing by Lai Tzu. It's often kind of quoted. Yeah. Um, and so, and then I started to have dreams about the Tao and what it is oh, and wow. things like that. Wow. And I was really just drawn to, I was like, well, it was always on my radar. And I thought, I really need to kind of find out more about this. Um, and then I was introduced to the Universal Healing Tao system. And that's how the, I suppose, the system that Master Chia has, has brought to the West. So, um, and once I found that, I guess I started kind of, I guess I came to it with kind of like a healthy kind of skepticism, you know, yeah, yeah. and I was like, that Western thing. yeah, yeah, which is quite useful as well, yeah. you know, um, because, you know, I kind of said, well, this is going to work if it actually works, not yeah. because someone says, oh, this does, yeah. you know, makes you feel good or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I kind of went into it with like kind of like the nutty professor, you know, because there's all these formulas okay. um, and all these like very specific practices to do. So I was really like trying them out and yeah. then then just feeling like these really like huge shifts and transformation, you know. So it was kind of almost like a laboratory for me, like to try out these Taoist practices. Yeah, and doing this and, and then, then what does this equal? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Um, so that was a really interesting kind of uh, start to it as well. Right. You know, Can you give so us an idea when you say formulas, are we talking about like sound meditations or like things you take as like herb remedies or what, what, what are we doing? Yeah, so... Um, or somewhere in between. <coughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Maybe we should just go back a little bit further than that. Yeah. I feel yeah. like we should just go like, what is What the is the Tao? Okay. okay fair go point. from there. Yeah, okay. yeah. Just because... Real life. Okay. Yeah. Well done for being in here for that one. Yeah. For our listeners. Yeah. Never heard of Exactly, yeah. So I guess so the Tao... So it literally translates as the way, okay? And it's the way of nature or the way of not forcing. Um, and the tradition, it's over 4,000 years old. So it, like, it predates religion. Okay. Um, so it's basically just like a philosophy. Um, it's a way of living, a way of being. It's very much connected with nature. It's quite, um, quite a simple way of being. Um, <clears throat> and I suppose over the years, they really kind of developed certain kind of practices um, but I suppose Taoism in itself there's many kind of different branches you know there's kind of um, like a shamanic side there's kind of um, there would be you know where they do internal alchemy then external alchemy where they would have taken um, uh, made these alchemical potions and tried to create like an immortal pill or things like that um, and so the tradition that I've studied is the inner alchemy practice and so, um, so from that, um, we really are concerned with cultivating our chi, which is like a life force. Mm -hmm. um, and there's kind of set practices connected to that as well. So, um, but it's really like the art of kind of transformation. Okay. And it's very much concerned with health um, and longevity. Mm -hmm. They're kind of the kind of key factors of the of the Taoist practice. Okay. And, you know, they would be kind of quite well known, you know, I think Taoist practitioners and certainly Taoist masters for l living kind of really long, healthy lives yeah. and remaining very useful yeah, yeah. and kind of bountiful, like right into their elder years. So. And is this something that in an ideal world, would children be introduced to this from the year dot and then be moved up through it or is it like you get to a certain age and you're like oh here's dad uh, yeah i'm gonna get yeah. into this longevity practices now yeah yeah, in yeah. late 20s and yeah you know yeah. when would that when would it be great to start these? yeah well i guess so in my in my other job i actually work with kids so i do these practices with kids as well oh, um so kind of you know uh cultivating chi 
to kind of qigong as one of the practices. Nice. Um, then there's also meditations, um, which are one is called the inner smile meditation, where we smile at the organs. We do a healing science meditation. We detox the organs. Um, and then there's other branches to Taoism as well. So there's kind of healing arts. So for example, one healing art would be what's called Chine Tsang. And that literally translates as um, organ detox massage. And it oh. focuses specifically kind of on the abdomen. Yeah. And um, so it's quite a deep visceral uh, abdominal massage. And um, it helps to release um, kind of toxins. And this, this area here often becomes the dumping ground for excess emotions, mm. you know. So what we do is we, it's like a, a deep kind of ad abdominal massage that helps to release release any toxins, any kind of knots and tension, uh, you know, kind of fascial release, yeah. but also actually even physically like massaging the liver, like yeah. actually, yeah. Yeah. really, you know, so. I do with my appendix a little bit, that kind yeah. of deep down okay. into the hip. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's amazing what you get from that. And definitely emotionally, it's, it's weird. I mean, we, we understand a little bit about Chinese philosophy or, yeah. or Asian philosophy around the connections between emotions and organs, mm. yeah. but it's still very new to us as Westerners. And we yeah. want, we, we, we there's not enough, I suppose, evidence-based stuff going on for yeah. us to really attach that. It's, it's still seen as very esoteric. To, and I to think it's sort of like yeah. connection-based thing, though, isn't it? It's we're very good, even in in yoga practices, and you'll have seen this as well, yeah. of relating to our external body, mm. and then the internal body is like something that when something goes wrong, we go to the doctor and they give us something, and we just go, okay, fix that thing. But yeah. we don't have this relationship with our organs. Yeah. Of, you know, there's my thigh. Okay, I can. It's a bit sore. I'm going to massage it, or I'll do this exercise for it, yeah. and then the organs are just gone and in my yeah. yoga practice what I'm really interested in is yoga for the organ body and getting yeah. into that and finding out yeah. the interesting things and how can we affect change mm -hmm. so this sounds like a great way that people could begin to have a relationship with their organ body and, and knowing why they're there what's their health status yeah. what can they do to actually affect change in their bodies and absolutely and we call it um, you know going back to the body wisdom you know and uh, so the the organ uh, meditations you know and now for me actually it's just so normal that I would like smile to my liver yeah. and have a little chat with my spleen and you know um, just going through all the vital organs but I think it is actually it's kind of unusual when people start you know where they're um, you know smiling to their organs and having this connection with them and listening to the organs as well and that's and actually you can get like a direct feedback you know you can get a sense of Oh my, you know, my liver doesn't feel so good today. Yeah. Or, um, and then you can go into like in the Tao, it's a very preventative approach. Okay. So actually, um, in the Chinese medicine, they would pay, they would stop paying the doctor when they became unwell. Exactly. I yes. That. That's yeah. Cool. That is the way. Yeah. Though, yeah. It? Yeah. That is the way. So it's it's the responsibility to keep you well. So there's wow. there's a focus on wellness, yeah. and mm. it's kind of the the opposite it's of inverse. yes yeah. how we how we operate. Okay. And so that's, the Tao is really about constantly cultivating your health and mm. cultivating your chi and a big focus on, on the organ health as well because this is what keeps everything going, you know. And to be honest, a lot of us, we live from here up, uh. you know. Um, and this is really draining, you know, because uh, when we spend a lot of time in the brain, we're like constantly draining energy, you know, whether mm. it's through you know what's happening from social media or on our smartphones or TV or you know just in general and there's so many choices now there's almost too much choice yeah. with you know with so much access to internet and um, and the diet is very much rooted in nature and just coming back to come back to the own to our own bodies as well you know
So yeah, um, I'm like wondering why it, it seems to be like that this Taoism or the, the practice of Taoism is like a four thousand year old thing, right? But at the same time, it's like seems so relevant now. How when something is like in those days, was there there wouldn't have been such a need for people weren't living outside their bodies so much. They weren't living in this kind of cerebral kind of whatever world is kind of cut off mm. from you know all those kind of body awareness things. So, like how it's just amazing that it seems to have come up now. How, what, what do you think it was a response to then, and why is it such a big practice now? Which big part of practice now? Um, to practice it now. Yeah. Well, I guess that's one of the things that um, is really remarkable that it is this really ancient philosophy and practice, but that it's so applicable now more than ever, like with our modern kind of time and all the kind of, I suppose, the lifestyles that we now have. Like it really can bring us back into the body wisdom. But I guess, um, yeah, back in the day, they, you know, they would have accessed, you know, all of these practices and I suppose gone into much kind of higher levels of like immortality and okay, yeah, uh, yeah. things like that. So um, we're kind of starting from a different baseline <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, we're yeah. coming from the very beginning, yeah, like yeah. below the beginning kind of. <laughs> so, but, um, but it's, it's, it's so relevant, you know, and, and I suppose I've just found it really beneficial. And actually really quickly, like really quick shifts and transformation. Okay. Um, and I think one thing that I really like about it as well is that there are so many different practices to it that you can just, you know, take something and do it for like five minutes, you know, and you never need anything, you know, you can... Yeah, 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 yeah. you can do it um, in a hotel room, free. you can do, do it on the train. Exactly, and, yeah. yeah, or, you know, you're going for a walk through your park, you can stop and do a little bit of Qigong and... Yeah. Like for example, I've taught at festivals wearing wellies, scarves, hats. You know, like you don't need to. You don't need to have the perfect space. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really time. good. And even for example, like one of my students, um, like she works night shifts. She's a mum. She's got three kids. A really oh, wow. busy life. And like sometimes she just manages to do like five minutes or ten minutes. But yeah. like she can really notice a difference in that time as well. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really. Um, it's find, really simple. Do you find that people are coming to you a lot with stress-related issues nowadays? Yeah, I mean, I think stress is a big factor kind of all around for, for people, you know, across all kind of ages. Um, yeah, I certainly do find that, actually, that that would be kind of the, one of the main things that people would come for, you know. I find it really, in my yoga practice, what, what always interests me is that before when I was teaching kids yoga, I always start mm -hmm. my kids yoga practices with everyone sitting in a circle and I always, no matter what age they are, I always get them to say, I say, so why did you come to yoga today? And everyone has to go around in the circle and they have to give a reason. Mm -hmm. And usually the younger kids are like, you know, I came because my mummy wanted me to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, One yeah. time I had a little boy go, I came because mummy said she'd buy me new yoga clothes if I went. Oh. I was like, I love you, that's yeah. how I do yoga too. Yeah, <laughs> gotta have the gear. Exactly, gotta have the new clothes. Um, yeah. But usually, it's the older kids that they're coming up to exam time, maybe they're 13, that they start saying, I'm coming to yoga because I'm feeling a little bit stressed, I'm feeling yeah. a little anxious about exams. But what's actually happening now more and more is that the kids that are four and five are saying to me, I'm coming to yoga to handle my stress better. Yeah. And I'm like, Sorry, four and five? Yeah. yeah. And I'm saying, how do they even know the word stress? How do they stress? even know the word stress? Because it's, uh. so re it's so a part of our life. They're hearing yeah. their parents talk about it. Uh -huh. And there's such a pressure in school from such an early age now. School starts earlier and earlier. Mm. There's homework earlier and earlier. There's there's all this need I think that we have now to where are we you know where's our performance level in relation to the mm. country in relation to our school are we the A grade are we this grade and yeah. it's not learning as like 
I learn differently to you, we all learn differently. Are we learning? Are we enjoying learning? Mm. What are we getting mm. from enjoyment of learning? Yeah. It's all about achievement based, goal yeah. oriented yeah. stuff. And, yeah. for and herd driven as well. Right. Like it's all yeah. like everybody's learning the same thing. Like and people same. Le- 30 people are sitting in the class. Nobody's thinking the same thing mm. about it. Nobody really needs to learn in the same way or from the same person even. Like exactly. mm-hmm. it's weird that you're not allowed to kind of find or explore it for yourself. And like one of the things I, I was talking to somebody yesterday about um, they were they did they came to the CAO late or whatever they went in as mature students and it was it just it kind of really shocked me or I whatever just I, I was reflecting on the fact that like yeah I had mature students when I was in college as well but the rest of us had chosen our path in life when we were eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What? What's that about? Bonkers. And how could yeah. you know? I mean, that was what happened. Like, I went to Trinity College because I wanted to go to university. I always loved learning. Mm. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I chose philosophy and psychology because I thought that'll probably be interesting. Mm. When everyone else was just like partying and not turning up to lectures mm. and going out drinking, and I'd just come from like working in an orphanage in Nepal, living in this slum, mm. and it was so weird for me to come mm. to this place where people had literally been in Nepal. They had one candle, and ten children would be staying up around the candle to do their homework at night, and they were delighted, like they wanted mm. to do that work, they wanted to get ahead. And suddenly, I was in this place where everyone was like, "How little can we turn up to school? How little work can we do?" Yeah. You know, and I just They're both coming at it from the wrong perspective, possibly. Totally. Well, <laughs> Neither is ideal. No. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, it just felt so. I just after a year. Anyway, I didn't stay. I stayed for a year, and then yeah. I just felt like this is not. I don't want to be a philosophy teacher. I don't want to be a psychology teacher mm-hmm. or a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Or it's not what I want to do. And why am I just? I'm just staying because mm. this is what I've chosen to do. And this is what we do we decide it mm. and then mm. I went off and did all my other stuff and it wasn't until like late 20s that I found okay mm. this is how I can actually bring together all the bits that I'm interested in mm-hmm. and then make them work and I wish it was more like that yeah. that people weren't just having to decide who am I at yeah. 17 yeah. where have you lived without any mm. guidance with no guidance with, uh, maybe a guidance exactly. counsellor but most of yeah. those people are funneled into the same thing exactly. as you were and they don't have any perspective on and how the world works and often that's like just by testing like yeah. ours, our one was you did an ISCO test you yeah. got given back this thing and it was like you will be good as being a teacher or yeah, some people yeah. got you will be good as being a bin man I'm not going to laugh because that's a really valid thing that's amazing yeah. like honour the bin men they take out yeah. the yeah. right? but if you're yeah. trying to choose a profession in university not that useful no, like, no I'm really. not sure that there's a university course for it I don't think no exactly anyway yeah. the point is, is it's stress is coming into our lives yeah. earlier and earlier and it's horrendous to see that in kids so young yeah. and I imagine in your work you work with kids a lot yeah. and, and kids that feel that more deeply maybe or mm. some kids feel mm. it deeper than others so what practices yeah. do you bring in and can you find that that helps? I guess like one of the main practices and I think one of the things with stress is that it can be a little bit contagious as well you know yeah. it kind of passes on um, and I suppose in my therapy work we call that co-regulation so that's sometimes okay. why you'd find that kids are presenting as very anxious or stressed mm. or even angry because sometimes they can be that can be the, the culture at home or mm. they're feeding off kind of this um, their ma- main kind of caregivers mm. um, but in terms of Taoism then in the same way uh, love can also be kind of contagious as well mm. you know so when we cultivate these really good feelings within ourselves then that also kind of transmits to other people so in our you know in your work relationships mm. um, you know f- with a partner um, whatever you know if you're working in community projects whatever you're doing that when you cultivate this these really good uh, positive virtues these good feelings within yourself that that has a really like positive effect as you go about your way in the world mm. 
and actually that's the key to work on yourself yeah. that's your obligation yeah. is to do the work on yourself and it's not in a in like a selfish way at all but it's actually that that makes a change in the world you know when when you know when we learn to manage our anger yeah you know how and we can transform that into kind of generosity or kindness or acceptance the ability to forgive other people to forgive forget let go then that has a really strong onwards impact within the world as well that's you know? amazing yes yeah. it's, um, it's exactly that though isn't it and it's, isn't it fascinating with every tradition every area that we come back to all the people that we think about interviewing that we've interviewed with or talked to people when it comes down to the the crux of it the little seed at the beginning that it's all about self-love yeah yeah love yeah. and acceptance yeah. it's weird that the word selfish is is a negative connotation exactly isn't it? yeah yeah and so especially for mums i think or dads mm. parents there's this real difficulty in, in taking that time to go i need to take time for myself yeah. there's yeah. this real guilt that you yeah. feel of taking time away whereas yeah. instead of going actually this time that I'm taking is building I'm coming back them, a better I'm person coming back to them <laughs> yeah. 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 so I'll be able to give you some more when I do mm. yeah exactly and does, it, does Taoism focus on uh, internal versus external relationships as kind of like equally balanced in terms of importance Does is it is it is it a selfish art is it like how does it um, I suppose like they would say kind of do the work on yourself first so okay. for example but it's also like if you know when you go on, if you take um, uh, a flight and they say, if, you, if you're with a, a younger person, <laughs> put, the, put the oxygen mask on first. And it's yeah. kind of, um, so it is like, you know, how can you help other people or support other people unless you're fully resourced yourself? Yeah. So you have a certain kind of, um, the practice will be to kind of do work on yourself first. That's the obligation. But yeah. then it's, you know, to kind of, love and help other people okay. it's you know there is a kind of altruistic part to it as well you yeah, know yeah, but yeah. kind of the focus is to kind of do the work on yourself first okay. and from there then it just flows it's like it's effect. it's yeah it's like a ripple effect and it's it's very easy to be supportive to yeah. be loving to yeah. accept mm -hmm. you know to whatever it is you need to do for the people yeah. that are around you as such Good. you know uh, what was the first sort of feeling you noticed in response to your exploration of Taoism what came back to you first what was the first thing you were like oh this is working or was there was there a perceptible um, well actually I think I remember when I was doing um, the inner smile meditation and maybe we'll try it just yeah. after this now but um, uh, like smiling uh, to my heart and I just had this realization of like I completely have been disconnected from like even the physicality of my heart yeah, 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 yeah. acknowledging like how much it's been working like I think there's 50,000 miles of blood vessels within the body and the heart does so much work you and know it never stops. and never stops yeah, yeah. a continual thing um, day in day out yeah so even like well, okay. uh, from the kind of the, the real physiological aspect of mm -hmm. kind of then acknowledging my heart and thanking it for what it does for me and um, so you know when I started with the inner smile meditation I think what happened for me was I really softened with my relationship with myself and I think for a lot of people that's often a challenge is that we can be really hard on ourselves and you know even critical or whatever um, so it was that sense of kind of developing this very loving relationship with myself mm -hmm. and that started with my organs okay, so. okay. great I mean, yeah. what, what, what's so interesting is I just had this before Christmas I had this um, sinus infection it was my first ever sinus infection mm -hmm. and wow it was hardcore I had no idea that sinus I'd always heard people talk about sinus, sinus infections and I was kind of like yeah whatever it's a rough nose yeah. it didn't seem like that bad <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's so 
bad. It is so painful, it's completely all-consuming. You relate to the world largely in our modern life yeah. through your face. Yeah. And if this thing on your face feels like you're in agony, it's impossible. You just kind of, you want mm. to be away, you want to be on your own. And if you're someone who is a teacher who's going mm. out and who then has inversions as a large part of the teaching, oh, yeah. having to put your head up in it, I couldn't move my head more than this without feeling like someone had whacked me over the back of the head with a lorry. Wow. It was oh, like li a physical smack sensation. It wow. was so intense. Mm. And then trying to teach down with dogs or, you know, it was, it was a lot. Mm. And I tried everything and I couldn't get rid of it and I started to build frustration why is my body doing this mm. I look so healthy mm. I'm trying all these things why can't I get rid of it and I started to get really frustrated and mm. let down feeling about my body and then I just had this moment of realization one day when I was doing a meditation if my child was suffering if he was having a tough time I would be looking at him with compassion and going you know what you're having a really tough time right mm. now like, I'm going to mm. give you loads of love I'm going to wrap you in and I'm going to closet mm. you in this love and that's going to make you heal. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, I'm doing the exact opposite to my body. I'm just yeah. going, you're useless, you're crap. I Why are you here? I sat and did like, the yoga version of loving kindness meditation yeah. of trying to send love to yeah, those areas. Yeah. And it just, whether it healed my sinus infection, that can't be proven. But what it definitely did was it changed my relationship to what was yeah. happening in my body. Mm. And it was such a powerful moment of realization of, hang on that's what we go to and if we could just look at our bodies as these little toddlers who are struggling in moments and go oh you're having a tough time yeah. like, how can I be kind to you yeah. and that's, that sounds really like yeah. what it is that you're teaching it's how kind yeah. of perception is reality as well isn't it like yes. you see people who are struggling with real physical or other ailments and you kind of see them really overcoming them from yeah. a mental point of view and uh, or a psychological point of view and you, it's such a testament to character and such a testament to how, how powerful this thing can be when it's used correctly mm. uh, and, and the application of our relationship between our mind and our thoughts and, and, and what our body is doing or not doing for us mm -hmm. is, is such a, a weird thing. Is, yeah, the body relationship or organ relationship yeah. is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And did you, did you have uh, like esoteric leanings before this? Kind yeah, of thing? yeah, no, absolutely. Like, you know, I kind of have kind of both sides, like yes. kind of the intuitive and the yeah. kind of spiritual side, but also yeah. then the kind of sciencey side as well and yeah. I find that they it just marries really well with the day so yeah. but um and would you would it be possible to, to teach us the inner smile that yeah, we'll so just people listening could have yeah absolutely we can do and people at home can join in as okay. we do it we'll just yeah. do a little uh, just a little snapshot so um, so if you want to get yourself kind of nice and comfortable and uh, just make sure that your spine is straight be under a giant cedar tree <laughs> that always helps <laughs> Yeah, um, and so you're just going to close your eyes and um, if you want to just bring your hands in front of your heart, like a prayer position or... And you're just going to smile at your heart. A gentle inward smile towards your heart. And just notice the tissues of your heart soften and relax. And feel love and joy and happiness in your heart. Allowing your heart to blossom with love, joy and happiness.
And you can see a red light in your heart. Shining from your heart. The red light of radiant health and vitality. And the heart is a connection to the universe. And from the heart, we can send love, joy, and happiness to every cell in your body. An infinite resource of unconditional love. Just smiling to your heart, thanking your heart. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. That was really mm. nice. Oh, <laughs> <Trees. laughs> Podcasting is not a job. I dropped into it so quickly. Yeah. Mm. It's amazing yeah. how quickly that felt. I mean, it does help to be you know, with Guided. the rain and with the wind yeah. and in nature. That does help. But sure. it's such a simple concept isn't it and this is the thing you know it's so simple like mm. it's it's incredibly simple and it's just to take a moment and you know what I always say to students is like you know like to do a meditation like that can just take like a minute mm. in the morning before you go out the door to work or whatever and it's like do you have a minute in the morning everybody yeah. has a minute in the morning you like know does and this. that's like one of the best ways to start your day oh, is yeah. to relax um, come inwards to come back to the body wisdom um, it's a really good way to kind of de-stress but also to come into this place of love and connection and how and you know like I was saying I kind of do these experiments and it's like well what happens when I what happens to my day when I start off with the inner smile meditation mm. what is the ripple effect throughout the day um, and then there's days when I don't and it's kind of like oh, okay that wasn't quite as nice a of a day idea. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it and feels like you can really see that you would be setting the intention for your day the intention yeah. of, of sending that love to yourself and to others and that you would be more inclined to notice those moments where you can do a little random act of kindness yeah. for someone else so that you can just look at someone who might be meeting you with anger or conflict and just go mm. oh they're having a tough day mm. yeah and then just sending that love back to them exactly and also like for yourself the inner smile what it does is it activates the parasympathetic response okay. so it's kind of the you know that rest and relaxation um response so it's really good for for you from kind of a physiological neurological point of view as it's well just doing that antidote to stress exactly from first thing in the and we also say that smiling also helps to keep the energy within as well so it oh, keeps yeah yeah so it's it's used in that way too it also helps to relax the diaphragm so that's also good for releasing kind of tension as well mm. so it's really it's kind of almost like and I think when you have that smiling to yourself it's almost like sets a foundation for your self-esteem yeah, you know for who your 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 acceptance of yourself yeah, of who you are and self-worth mm. and all of that so it's like a really it's such a great meditation and like even I say to people if they you know if you work with um, you know a lot of therapists would often come to like Qigong classes that I run and often just recommend to them to just before you see a client to do the inner smile even just like that you can just even just start with the heart okay. and actually we go around to all of the, the main organs mm. 
and um, so we get to all, all of the organs and then that also impacts on our emotions as well. So for example, when we do healing sounds meditation, um, we release energy from kind of more negative emotions that are being stored in the organs. So like for example, like we know in the West, we're familiar with feeling love in the heart and people mm. can often even have that physical feeling of um, love in their heart mm. um, but sometimes here we'd say oh I feel kind of worried sick and yeah. we kind of have this sense of oh there's like this around here yeah. the digestion yeah. we feel anxiety mm. and stuff like that so the Dao would would have that same concept as well you but they actually went into all of the organs and now we they say okay well actually anger we store in the liver fear is in the kidneys we hold grief in the lungs and then so what we do is we do um, like a, a healing sound and maybe I can share one with you yeah yep. and this is one that again you can try at home um, and so so we do a sound and a movement and so the sound is like the optimum vibration of the organ mm -hmm. and the movement it physically we activate the organ and also we activate uh, the meridian as well okay, okay yeah. so maybe one that we could try would be um, the lung sound okay and so um, uh, we can try this then so we just if you want to just close your eyes and you're just going to use your eyes to look left right left right over and back into your lungs and this helps to remove the emotion as we look left right left right over and back into your lungs and just notice if there's any feelings of sadness any grief isolation And we're going to release this emotion. So if you want to open your eyes, we're going to inhale, bring the hands up. And we go. And we bring the hands down and we forgive, forget and let go from the lungs. And so we usually kind of repeat that a few times and then we cultivate the positive virtues. So mm -hmm. the positive virtues of the lungs then will be uh, courage and confidence, kind of our self-worth is in the lungs, okay. um, kind of integrity or righteousness as well. So we would, you know, so it's kind of, it's this concept of yin and yang. Yeah. We have the light and the dark. Mm. Um, and so uh, we can let go of the emotions that basically no longer serve us. We don't necessarily need to hold on to this grief because mm -hmm. it can really bring you down, can be quite tiring as an energy. And then we focus on cultivating the positives. Mm -hmm. And so, and like one thing I really like that, you know, Master Chi always says is like, emotional is here to stay. Like emotions, you know, it's not that we're trying to completely get rid of them. No, it's, but actually they do grow uh, quite fast like we yeah. okay so we want to tend to them keep you know moving. keep them yeah. keep them you know moving yeah. and release release this kind of excess emotion that's there mm. which can kind of negatively impact yeah. on us but it's not you know because I think sometimes in the spiritual world it's like oh my god I, I felt hatred towards a person and it's yeah. like oh I'm such a bad person but yeah. it's like it's you know it's normal you know and it's um it's normal to feel emotions, but it's actually what we try and do is bring them back into balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, you know, you feel good and you don't harm anyone yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 Ye
It, yeah. yeah, rather than suppressing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's to kind of... Going, emotions are here. Mm. Yeah. They, they serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. And then that purpose has left and they move on. Yeah. So those particular emotions, they move through and there's that impermanence of exactly. the constant cyclical nature of those emotions yeah. rather than getting stuck in one part of yeah. that cycle exactly. and sitting with that yeah. and letting it. And I think one thing that you find with this is that sometimes when you when you focus inwards, you know, and it's developing that inner observation that's really beneficial. Mm -hmm. And when you do focus inwards on the organs that you can, you know, you kind of notice, oh, actually, I didn't realize that I was feeling, you know, yeah. resentful towards that person. And okay, that's something. And so we, we've acknowledged it, but we can then let it go, yeah. you know, so that's, I just find that really kind of beneficial yeah. as well. One thing you were saying about grief, it's, it's interesting because Irish culture, we have some issues with grief, I think, mm. but, but what, and, and holding on to emotions kind of mm. from the past as, as a nation. Um, but one of the things that we do really well is, you know, during, after, after funerals, we always had wakes, these long, yeah. uh, before funerals, we had these long wakes and that idea of keening and all those, that noise that we mm. use the lungs and these sorts of very, like you don't hear those sounds come mm. out of humans unless they're in this kind of deep sort of grief. Mm. Um, and it's, it's interesting that we're one of the few kind of cultures, Western cultures, that still acknowledges that and, and yeah. everyone always kind of says, oh, they, and, they, and they waked them and it was great. Everyone yeah. always loves the wake. Yes, yeah. there's a whole load of maybe permissive, you know, yeah. behavior that goes on in that, but, but, the, but the core of it is such an important part of that emotional release mm. as well. And, uh, it, it's nice to find those things in a culture that we don't necessarily see as being, I suppose, uh, spiritually advanced maybe. Mm. We kind of look to the East. It, it's mm. nice to know there are those little kernels in our own culture that we can still kind of like express and hang on to and grow and nurture. Yeah, and, absolutely, mm. yeah. Do you find any other kind of... I know we don't like that, or I'm really excited that you talked about the emotion organ relationship. That was one of the things I want to ask you about. But do you find, are there other things where you find those connections in cultures that maybe you wouldn't expect, like things that you're learning in Taoism that you're seeing reflected in other cultures? Or do you have, have you come across those types um, of things? Yeah, like there's often kind of parallels, you mm. know, as you go um, learning the, you know, different traditions. And like I said, I kind of, tried other um, spiritual traditions as well so I guess like a lot of times they're 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 often um, kind of similar but yeah. come in a different way yeah, or yeah, different yeah. a different practice so yeah, I'm sure that um, because you trained in yoga therapy yeah. for children with yeah. additional needs the same way mm -hmm. that I did yeah. um, and I, I'm sure it must be interesting for you coming from that yoga background mm. and then now having also trained in the Tao yeah. and being able to bring those parallels together and it's just it's kind of about finding which is the most comfortable one for you and then drawing on all of them and being able to go yeah this one works in this yeah. situation this one works in this situation and the, the seed like we were talking about before that's the same the original yes. point the, the the whole heart of the message yeah. is the same but then what springs up from it is the different flowers and then you pick which one's appropriate at exactly time. yeah and actually one thing that I really liked about Taoism is that it kind of covered a lot of things that I was kind of interested in so for example like I, I've mentioned already there's kind of the healing arts there's the qigong so the kind of physical practices and tai chi as well um, and then also some of the other like branches of Taoist arts would be like feng shui as well as a Taoist art um, and even like kind of five elements cooking and things like that um, and then also kind of the sexual alchemy Oh, I want to talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> great. Um, and so that was something because, you know, really, like, again, having that Catholic upbringing, yeah. and particularly in Ireland, I think there's, you know, quite a lot of suppression around sexuality. 
um, and also just even like for me I found what was being offered by Western society in general not necessarily as a religious viewpoint but it just really wasn't resonating with me mm. and um, you know I'm, and I, I would say I felt quite disconnected from myself actually mm. um, before finding this practice and it was something that I really wanted um, you know really wanted to kind of explore in a different way um, and so and Taoism is like particularly well known for its sexual practice yeah, yeah. Um, and this Mantak uh, Chia uh, he calls it healing love um, and it's you know just this understanding that we can use sexual energy as a as a real way to kind of heal ourselves and mm. it's, it's such a it's such a loving practice and it's so important to connect the love and sex um, but also it's used uh, to cultivate our energy yeah, yeah. cultivate our vitality um, and also as a longevity practice as well so to kind of live well into kind of your elder years you know and how would it how would what does that look like when you're talking about using those practices to cultivate longevity how does that apply within a male body within a female body within a relationship can you do it when you're not in a relationship yeah how is that? absolutely well I suppose the first thing is um, in the in the Tao so it was sex is seen as a matter of health rather than as a matter of morality okay, okay so it's That's seen as being really really important for our health and actually like the foundation of our health and our vitality because essentially this is the energy that we've all come from we've all come from sexual energy or sexual chi um, so it's yeah, yeah. it's really interesting I've never thought and yet it's a yeah. obvious yeah thing. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah so and also it's like a really really powerful really potent energy that we have it's uh, like this we call it Jing in the, yeah. in, uh, in the uh, Chinese tradition the Taoist tradition and it's a generative energy like a creative energy mm. so this is an energy that we can actually harness okay and we can use this to develop our own uh, Qi and life force um, and also to develop our own spirituality as well because it's a really refined energy this is like really high octane energy mm -hmm. okay um, but of course for the most part we just waste this energy mm. so for men they lose their sexual chi when they ejaculate yeah, yeah, yeah. and for women uh, when we uh, have our periods when we bleed have our menstruation oh, and also during childbirth as well we lose some of the jing as well so you lose sexual energy through menstruation yeah that I hadn't heard before. Wow. yeah yeah wow. so um, so you're losing your seeds of course I suppose yeah. yeah but but I suppose the idea that you recultivate on a monthly basis I'd never recognize that as being yeah. like the last and stuff and I'd seen as an important part of like regeneration. Uh, yeah. health and, and, and regeneration as well right is it? yeah but but we're, we're still we're actually losing our we're actually losing energy at this time yeah, and really, so you'll yeah. see that women will notice that in their cycles that they're kind of low energy mm -hmm. and you know maybe just coming up to it or during their uh, period and that so so in the day they develop these practices to recycle this energy so rather than wasting the energy for women month by month for men when they have sex and ejaculate mm -hmm. they have these practices so um, 
for women, they use the term ovarian kung fu, which I really like. <laughs> I love yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and for men, um, they use the term the dance of the testes. Dance of the testes. Quite dainty. Yeah. Very animatable things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have these practices, um, and essentially what you're doing is you're able to recycle the energy. Okay. So for women, they do kind of this ovarian breathing practice, and so. Uh, we, we kind of draw the energy from the egg and then we use it, we draw it down and we can recycle it through what we call the microcosmic orbit. So we have this channel um, that runs up the back of the body, up towards the crown and down again. And so we can uh, charge, basically like charge up your system. Mm -hmm. So this is like this vital current that we have. We send the energy through, it nourishes all the organs, the glands, it nourishes the brain. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a really regenerative practice and really good kind of rejuvenation. And then for men, they can learn how to um, separate ejaculation from orgasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and similar so tantra, like it's the same idea as tantra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, but I guess with the Tao, what I found is that like they really teach you how to do that. Okay, right. There's yeah. very specific practices around okay. that. Because I think one thing that I found, and even for example, you know, people contacting me, uh, guys, you know, saying that they're having kind of, you know, maybe difficulties, and they've been read a book and they're trying to practice, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they're getting these problems, and that's that that can happen actually, yeah, yeah. because we say that it's really important to train, and you know, and that it it takes time to learn these practices, yeah. um, and for example, if you kind of just mechanically just suppress ejaculation mm. um, that can cause difficulties because really what you're doing is you're just kind of blocking the energy and okay. so what that can do is actually can cause difficulties with prostate yeah, it yeah, can yeah. cause like kind of inflammation things like that um, or also even emotionally you know yeah, it's yeah. like if you try and push a ping-pong down underwater and then it's going to pop up yeah. the other side so sometimes you can have that like an excess of emotional energy as well. Okay. So what happens is you kind of through a series of kind of practices and exercises okay. train to actually be able to draw the energy up okay. and to the microcosmic orbit. But then importantly, we bring it down and we store it here again. Because we say that uh, like sexual chi, it's like a fire. Mm -hmm. So you can use it to cook to heat your home yeah. but it can also burn the house down okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah, sure. so it's really important that you learn how Correct. to yeah exactly because um, you know because sometimes if people hear this oh yeah for men it's maybe better not to ejaculate but actually it's really important to to learn the correct techniques um, for that as well. So, yeah, so it's something that needs to be guided. Yeah. Yes, you absolutely. Guided. Yeah. You should be just dabbling in at home, reading a little bit, yeah. and trying it out because there are consequences either way. Absolutely, that, yeah. That, that teacher. Absolutely, yeah. And do you, do you teach that? Yeah, um, uh, we have uh, we run a healing love workshop usually once a year. And actually, um, a senior instructor comes over from France. His name is Olivier Barre. Um, and we teach together the healing love practice. But also, uh, coming up, we have um, Master Mantak Chia is going to be here really soon. Where, when is that? Yeah. So he's here from the 18th to the 22nd of May. So it's next week? Next week, yeah. Jeez. Next, yeah. And yeah, he, next week, yeah. Yeah, the Friday to the Tuesday. Tuesday, okay, yeah. So, um, and this is the very first time he's come to Ireland, so oh, wow. it's like a really, really big deal. Um, like, he's written over 56 books. He's like true master and... Um, wow. He's going to be here uh, next week, so he's going to be teaching the foundations and also the healing love practice as well.
And yeah. how can people, well, where, where exactly is it on and how can people access and get tickets? So, um, to get tickets, you can go to my website, which is universaltau.ie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, and um, there's information about all the web uh, on that. come to Dublin? To Dublin, yeah, and it's in the F2 centre in Rialto. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, perfect. Very centrally, yeah, just off the Lewis. Yeah. And so, if people also have more questions about what we've been talking about today, or any of the practices, or they'd like to come learn for you, do do one-on-one sessions as well. Um. Yeah. Well, I teach uh classes, so weekly classes, and um also I yeah run workshops kind of year-round as well. And sometimes uh, women come to me in particular with for one-to-one because I teach the Jade Egg practice. And um, I don't can you, know. Can you just say a little, a little bit about that? <laughs> are you going to ask me? Yes, like, we are. Yes, we are. Yes. I have a Jade Egg with me. So this is a Jade Egg. Um, and this is a Taoist practice. And this is one of the things that we use to cultivate sexual chi for women. Um, and so uh, it's an internal practice. So we learn kind of a method to receive um, the egg inside the vagina, or in the Taoist tradition, we use the term jade fountain, which is much more poetic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, we learn how to kind of sip the egg inside, and then uh, what the, the egg is used then to help to cultivate sexual energy as well. So a lot of women um, find this practice really healing. Um, it's really good, and along with you know, the other practices as well, like with the ovarian breathing, ovarian kung fu, um, really good to help balance hormones. So, for example, will help to, you can have pain-free periods, um, reduce things like PMS. Um, one of the other practices would be to actually, um, one of the benefits can be that actually it reduces the amount that you bleed. So that's one of the ways that women conserve their sexual chi is that you can actually reduce the amount that you're losing per month. Okay. Um, and then with time, some, some practitioners would actually their uh, periods would actually stop. We call this slaying the red dragon. So that's a more kind of advanced level. Right. Um, and Western medicine, that seems as a, a, a strong negative, like I not know. a good thing. Yes, I know. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's not good if you're not doing the practice. Okay, if, yeah, if it naturally happens, it, but yeah, okay. um, it's seen as a way to conserve okay. the conserve the, the essence okay. as well. So uh, why jade? Um, so jade was uh, actually just really. Um, auspicious to yeah. the Chinese in the in the ancient days so and also because it's said to open the heart and and it's very much connected with the kidneys okay. and the kidneys are really important in the Taoist tr tradition because they actually regulate the sexual chi mm -hmm. um, our sexual energy and they're also very much related to longevity as well so we kind of store our kind of vitality in the kidneys yeah. So we have kind of quite a healthy obsession with looking after the kidneys and cultivating the energy of the kidneys. So jade is also connected to the kidneys okay. as well. Um, and it's a very gentle, energetically it's just very gentle stone. Um, and this jade is uh, what we call nephrite jade. So um, it's, it's non... dark. Yeah, it yeah, is. It's yeah. quite a dark color. Yeah. Um, and it's also... Um, it's non-porous and that makes it useful for kind of unsafe and hygienic yeah, yeah, for intimate course. use. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so when people are learning those practices, is it would it be like a group workshop? Or like how yeah. Work well, actually, yeah. Usually I run uh, a jade egg workshop um, and we learn the foundation practices first and then we kind of move on to um, kind of working a little bit more with sexual energy. We also do practices like breast massage for breast health also really good for um, hormonal balance and helping to
um, reduce PMS kind of on a monthly basis. Um, so usually, yeah, we learn it in a group and it's, the room is kind of set up in a very kind of um, safe way, in a kind of special way that you can't see anyone else okay, or anything like are, that. But you are there actually doing it yes, at that time. Yeah. That's great. Because it feels yeah. like if it was um, uh, a practice that you were being told something about and then you were going home and trying to do it on your own and your yeah. questions would naturally arise and then you'd be having to wait till exactly. the, the next, next week time. to yes. Yes. Yeah. describe the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah, no, it is. It's, um, really amazing practice like it's been so transformative for me using the jade egg it's it's so self-healing and really connects women to like their femininity as yeah, well absolutely. and that's so it's so needed because actually the world we live in is quite masculine it's quite yang and yeah. it's go 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 you know um and to be able to tap into that yin essence that real sense of being mm. is really really special and it you know it kind of connects in with you know kind of higher sense of yourself as well so it's it's a really beautiful practice and and the same you know with the with the healing love practice it's it's so powerful you know it can it's so beautiful so healing mm. and it's it's such a resource for us yeah. that we can be able to learn how to use these you know these practices and actually like back in the day you know uh, hundreds or thousands of years ago this was a natural function of humans you know yeah. where women and men understood how to harness the sexual energy but it's kind of like a product of degeneration of society yeah, 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 that yeah. we've lost this you know um, and to me it's just amazing that this is actually available to us now like these really deep transformative real practices you know that can create massive shifts in a really short space of time so um, and like I just feel really grateful to be able to share this here in Ireland yeah. with people um, I'm so grateful that I found the practices and have trained with uh, Master Chia as well um, and yeah I, I kind of feel like I'm on a mission to bring right. the day yeah. to Ireland yeah. so yeah yeah so um, yeah so so much for coming on the podcast I am definitely right. gonna come to the next and thank you for sharing all that knowledge and those little tips for people at home listening and if thank you, you. Don't want to get in touch with you will you just say your website one more time yeah so it's universaltau.ie universaltau.ie yeah um Last of all, we have, as you know, every, well, hopefully, as you know, we're the first time around, but uh, every uh, podcast we do, we do a giveaway for those of you guys who uh, subscribe to our channel, uh, like it, and post our favorite comment of each one. Um, so it's a goodie bag full from, from New Zealand, lovely barrel bag, gym bag thingy. Use it to go on weekends away to your Taoist workshops or whatever you want. Um, but yeah, I uh, always pack the fun stuff. Eggs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of jade eggs and I'm not sure yeah. if be able to look after. Um, but yeah, so um, please like and subscribe, uh, comment, and, um, and, and, and go and find out more about Moira's practice. That's, that's really interesting to me, and I'm sure we'll all be exploring that in the future. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you very much. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.